0: Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable GRE course that includes everything you need to ace your GRE exam, a full textbook, tons of GRE questions backed by a memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free by visiting Achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Mary Pat Jacobs from ApplyPoint with us. And Mary, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and your company, that'd be great.
1: Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. Um, this is Mary Pat Jacobs. I'm the director of ApplyPoint Admissions Consulting, and we work with applicants to graduate programs in medicine, law, and business with school selection strategy, recommendation management, essay content development. Essay editing, resume construction, and interview preparation. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. And that makes you a great person for today's topic, which is when you're applying to law programs, how to maximize your chances for success. And I think this is an interesting one because, I, you know, people kind of forget that you can take the GRE for law school nowadays. And so it actually is kind of relevant. Um, and also, frankly, going getting into law programs is its own kind of beast that's unlike mba programs and unlike other types of graduate school programs so i'm really uh excited to cover this topic with you today i think to start things off the best way to do this would be to first kind of lay out like the groundwork for the process right um so you know you're in undergrad you know what do you need to take specific pre law classes? Are there requirements? Are there pre law programs? Once you are applying to law school, you know what does that process look like? How early do you apply and, and all that good stuff? And then um, you know walk us through kind of what the admissions process looks like from their side as well, right? Like is it an admissions committee, etc.
1: Absolutely. So you actually an applicant, believe it or not, unlike medical school where we do recommend taking of course pre-medical courses in law school, you don't have to. Um, there are programs that are designated as pre-law, but you you really you can major in anything and go to law school. the The key really is, challenging yourself, taking challenging courses, taking those courses where you're forced to refine your abilities in critical creative thinking and problem solving. But you can do that whether you major in, you know, political science, economics, applied mathematics, art history. Um, so in terms of undergraduate course load, it's more about the quality of the course load and taking courses where you you really have an interest in. And again, you're learning how to think. Uh, you're learning how to critically analyze a lot of different subject areas. So, um, so there's really no. Um You know, I I don't necessarily recommend, uh, you know, a pre-law course. Um, You know, of course, in addition, though, you do you do want to do well. Like I said, they're going to be dissecting your transcript. So, you know, your GPA when you apply to law school is hugely important. Um, And of course, that test score, that LSAT um, or the GRE, there are now, Mm -hmm. you know, more and more law schools that are accepting the GRE. So, in terms of applying, actually, let me back up a little bit. When you're in undergrad, if you think you want to go to law school, it's a good idea to, you know, shadow attorneys, talk to attorneys, see if you want to be a lawyer. Um, And Mm You know, your your work experience is, It's almost more, more important than taking like a pre-law curriculum. Like I said, that's really not all that important. But if you think you want to go to law school and you think you might want to be a lawyer, you know, work at a law firm. Um, get exposure to that. See what your life might look like. Um, you know, maybe, you know, do an internship at the DA's office. You know, there are a lot of different opportunities that can give you exposure to the legal field. Um, and I, I just can't recommend that enough. Um, you know, that said you don't have to, to, to be qualified for law school, you don't necessarily have to take, you don't have to intern at the DA's office or work in a law firm, but you do want to work in challenging internships that are going to make you think. So, you know, you can intern in financial services and it'd be a really high quality internship and And be really impressive to law school admissions committees. It's um, while you do want to have some opportunities obviously that reinforce your commitment to the study of law, all of your high quality experiences don't have to be in that area. So when you begin when you begin applying to law school, so there are 50 percent approximately applicants to law school that do not have any work experience. So unlike with business school, um, you know, admissions um, committee members will tell you, you know, we like to have at least four years of work experience for business school full time. To your business school applicants, law school not the case. Um, like I said, while fifty percent do have work experience, fifty percent do not. So you can come right out of undergrad and apply. So if you do choose to take that route, um, you would, um, you know, obviously take your standardized test. Um, and if you want to apply, you know, if you want to matriculate to law school immediately after graduating from undergrad, you will submit your application. Um, you know, in the autumn of your senior year. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: always like to give my clients, you know, if we can give my clients the advice of let's apply by Thanksgiving, I would love you to be able to go home and have Thanksgiving dinner and not have to worry about your law school applications anymore. That said, you you can really apply like, you know, by mid-January and be fine time-wise, even though it's a rolling admissions process. Um, so when it t- comes to the application, once you have that test score out of the way, Um, you're going to have your personal statement, a resume that you will submit with the common application through LSAC. Um, You will upload your test score and your transcript through the credential assembly service. And then you'll pick your school list. Once you pick your school list, you're going to see if there are any additional essays required. And many of the schools on your list probably will have additional essays. So not only will there be optional addendums such as diversity addendums, what I call the elephant in the room addendum, which is kind of the red flag essay. If there's anything that you want the admissions committee to know about that might they might discover and it might be a red flag to them, whether it's a C you got in sophomore math or you know, an LSAT score that you don't believe is indicative of your abilities to compete in rigorous academic program or a speeding ticket that you got, you know, any of that stuff you want to cover in a red flag essay. Like I said, I call it the elephant in the room essay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're also going to have the, you know, the opportunity to do diversity essays um, and then other uh, specific school, you know, essay questions that schools um, will ask. There will be many schools that simply will ask you why us um, so you want to um, really in, in in essays like that um, you want to connect the dots between you know where you've been and where you want to go um, with you know their school specifics so you don't just want to list a laundry list of of, of of 19 specifics that set that school apart for you you really want to connect the dots for them as to you know you know why that that particular characteristic about that school is compelling for you and um, connect it with, with experiences that you've had in the past with what you want to do in the future is, is a good way of doing that. Depth is always better than breadth. Um, so anyway, in addition to the personal statement and the resume, those um, you know school-specific essays and optional addendums, diversity addendums, etc. once you submit all of that, um, there will be a few schools that interview, though most law schools do not conduct interviews of their athletes. <laughs>
0: Got it. And then once you're kind of in, you know, or if you get waitlisted, how long do you have – or to kind of send kind of an update, and is there any process around that?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great question. So, if once some once an applicant is waitlisted, um, it really timeline really varies quite a bit. Um, you could be waitlisted, you know, within three weeks of submitting your application, or you could be waitlisted, you know, twelve weeks later, or even more. So, but once you are waitlisted, you you want to do if it's your top choice school where you're waitlisted, you want to do what I call a letter of intent. Um, So you want to provide any updates that have occurred since submitting your application You want them to be substantive updates so something that happened you know in your in your full-time job or a a big project that you just completed um, potentially an improvement on your LSAT score GRE score Um, in addition to updates you want to include you know you want to reiterate your interest in that specific school um, with specifics so specific characteristics about that program that really set that program apart for you and then most importantly you want to make what I call the yield protection statement so you know if admitted um I will absolutely attend. Um, that is so important because they you know any the schools all want to make sure that those you know applicants or those those who are currently on the wait list, if they admit them, they will most certainly attend. So um that's an important statement to make in a letter of intent.
0: Right. Got it. Yeah so then while well- So now that we've kind of gone over the process a little bit, I'd love to kind of back up and dig into the details of each piece. Um, So first, when you're getting ready and thinking about law school, what are the classes that are important for you to take? This is not as cut and dry as some other majors, so I actually would love to kind of go over this.
1: Yeah, you know, it's a good question, but there really aren't specific courses I recommend. I really want, well... Really hard, you know, hard courses that you're interested in that that are going to challenge your, your ability in critical thinking. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, I really just want them to be meaty courses. They can be across the humanities. They can be business courses. Um, but I really, m- most importantly, I want them to be really hard, high quality courses that's going to teach you how to think. And evaluate problems.
0: Okay, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I think that that's like a good baseline. Do you are do you know of any specific courses that you feel like are are just ones that are important all the time? Like maybe like international hip- politics or something like that. I guess not. Yeah, because-
1: certainly. I mean, courses within political science, economics, for sure. Um, but. If an applicant isn't particularly interested in a course, I would just never recommend they take it. Take a really challenging course that stretches (laughs) your critical thinking ability that you're passionate about, that you're really interested in.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously you should be looking to get good grades in these programs. Um, Anything else on the academic side that you would recommend they get good grades in? Like are good grades in like math and science fields important? Or is it more important that they get good grades in things like? You know, history or public policy or things like that.
1: You know, not not really. I mean, I think if you know, if, if if there's like, for example, a biology major, you know, someone might say, "Well, hmm, I wonder why are you, you know, why why law school and not medical school, for example, or why not a master's degree in within the sciences?" But you're going to have plenty of time to explain that, you know, in your personal statement, etc. So, you know, really, like I said, again, any course that is is challenging and makes you think that stretches you know that critical thinking ability so i really you know even when we counsel our applicants very early on i never recommend a specific major or specific courses um i just want them to be you know really challenging and i want them to be you know really interesting to the applicant
0: got it and then um, what are some of the ways you can get good like work experience to kind of build up your resume as you're getting ready to apply to law school? You mentioned shadowing earlier, right, um, and doing things in legal offices. Is, but is there anything else, right, or is there a specific legal internship types that you should be gunning for?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um... – Any, anywhere where you're exposed to the legal field, um, you know, law firms, a DA's office, et cetera. But, but, you know, you can intern at a consulting firm. You can intern at a financial services firm and still get really good experience that's still going to reinforce your commitment to the study of law. Um, you can work alongside lawyers at a financial services firm, again, and get really good experience. So really, anywhere where you're being challenged um, and you're doing high-quality work, you um, you know, and, and whether you're exposed to the legal field or not. Now, you certainly want some experiences on your resume where you're exposed to the legal field because you want to be able to show them that, you know, you you, you have over time reinforced your, you know, these experiences have over time reinforced your commitment to the study of law. Um, but you really high quality, you know, internship and high quality full time post baccalaureate work experiences can come in so many different industries.
0: Right. And then um, are there any other things you can do like extracurriculars, TAing, or anything kind of within your undergraduate program that you feel like can boost your resume?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, depth is always better than breadth. Obviously, with extracurriculars, I'd rather have, you know, know, an extracurricular on a resume where – you know, the, the applicant has dedicated, you know, 20 hours a week to and they really love it and they've learned so much um, than a splattering of, you know, of of 19 different things where they commit an hour a month or something like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. No, when it comes to that, really, it's all about, like I said, depth is always better than breadth and the quality, um, the quality of the experience, the amount of, you know, sort of, lead, you know, the, are you do you have a leadership role? How many hours a week do you dedicate to this? Um, there's no real sort of, I would never push anyone into any specific disciplines from an extracurricular perspective. It's more about quality and depth and, you know, commitment, continuity of commitment.
0: Got it. Great. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Then when, so now that we've kind of covered the resume section, I'd love to talk about the essays. Um, And I know you already kind of got into this a little bit when you were talking about, that at the beginning, kind of the admissions process and how to get people excited about you and you being a candidate at their school. But I'd love if you could just dive in a little bit more on sort of like when you're writing your law school application essays, like what are the character traits that you want to make sure you're highlighting? What are the, um, you know, the things, the themes that you want to try and focus on, or even the, the, the content that you want to focus on?
1: Definitely, definitely. So, when it comes to the law school personal statement, where the resume is a general overview, so we want a resume to really articulate well the results an applicant has achieved, the impact they had, the lessons they learned, even sometimes in an early internship, we're not. We're not impacting revenue, but we are gaining an in-depth understanding of X, Y, or Z. So so the third thing to kind of remember on a resume is is lessons learned. So again, you know, results achieved, impact had, lessons learned. And the resume is a general overview. So where the resume is a general overview, the personal statement for the law school application is a deep dive. Um, It is you really want to tell a story that's going to allow the reader to come to their own conclusions about your abilities in critical and creative thinking, problem solving, and or leadership, um, you know, and or you know, intellectual curiosity. You want to tell a story that's going to allow them to come to their own conclusions about your commitment to the study of law. The most important thing to remember, though, is it really is a deep dive, and you don't want to. You know, it's it's that what you learned in fifth grade English: show me, don't tell me. Tell me a story again that's going to allow me to come to my own conclusions, um, and. You know, I I always recommend our applicants start with what I call a meaningful experience brainstorm, just taking an inventory of really not only those most meaningful experiences that prompted an evolution in in their perspective, but also those that they believe will show the reader, you know, again, their critical creative thinking ability, their problem-solving ability, their leadership, you know, um, know, teamwork, you know, um, maturity, um, meaningful experiences that will again kind of show the reader their commitment to the study of law once you have that brainstorm and you've really explored you know what did i think feel see and do in each of these experiences why did they have such an impact on me what did i learn um then you can get a sense you can see some trends and you can get a sense okay what's really going to help me which deep dive is really going to help me tell my story in the most compelling way which deep dive is really going to connect me with the reader Um, I believe the essay is the most powerful tool to not only articulate your commitment to the study of law, but show the reader who you are. Um, you know, everything else, you know, test scores and transcripts, you know, those are such important pieces of the puzzle. But when you're when you're really, you're connecting with the reader, the essays, I believe, are even more important than those recommendation letters. One of the reasons is recommendation letters are always full of flowers and sunshine. You know, nobody's going to ask somebody to write a letter of recommendation for them that's not overwhelmingly, you know, that, that they know is going to write something that's overwhelmingly positive. So in the admissions process, <coughs> recommendation letters just rarely set an applicant apart. So you really have the most kind of power to connect with that, with that admissions reader, you know, that application reader in your essay.
0: Right. Got it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that all the advice that you gave is all like spot on, right? It, it really needs to be show, not tell. It really needs to come from you and your experiences to try and kind of get these people to understand you. Because at the end of the day, they want not just to know that you're going to you know, be successful and be a good alumni that donates or whatever, but also that um, you're going to be someone that people like there and that's somebody that uh, you know adds to the, the sort of the uh, meritage or, or whatever you want to call it of the school itself. Um, now, the last bit of your application is a letter of recommendations. And I, I think it's interesting that you just said that, you know, a lot of times they don't make a huge difference but what are some of the things that you can do when you're applying to law school to have your letters of recommendation make a big difference?
1: Definitely. And in the law school application, the recommendations from professors are the most important. Um, the good news is professors really do know what they're doing in this regard. They, they do these every year. Um, but... You know, again, you want to ask a professor who you know you have a good relationship with, who you know is going to sing your praises. Um, So once you have that, and also, you know, like I said, a professor who knows you well, also you want to prepare them. Even if a professor knows you well and really, really likes you, they're not going to remember every course discussion, every group project, every exam, every time that you feel you really set yourself apart from the pack. So it's a good idea to give them some specific examples of your work in their class that they can use to back up their claims of your abilities in the areas of, you know, like I said, critical, creative thinking, problem solving, you know, leadership, teamwork, um, just overall your intellectual curiosity, etc. We call it a recommender game plan. So, and it just makes their job a lot easier. And in no way are you you know, influencing the letter in an unethical way, you're just ultimately providing them with some specifics that's going to make them, you know, that it's going to help them do their job better.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And then any kind of parting thoughts or concluding uh, things that you want to say here before we wrap this up?
1: You know, not really. Other than that, if if you do not have a successful application, if there's a year where, you are not admitted. Um, not only can reapplicants re-applicants are highly, highly valued. Also, if you don't feel that your application is strong this year, you know, get another year of work experience and apply again. Um, you know, like I said, 50 percent of law school applicants um, have work experience. So, um, you you know, you're only going to be strengthening your application by waiting a year.
0: Got it. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been Jerry Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Mary Pat Jacobs from ApplyPoint. And Achievable has a great online GRE course you can try for free at achievable.me and the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout.